I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters. This is Ben Golver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OJ Anobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donon, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, basketball fans of all ages, welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. And of course, this week, it's me hosting, it's Hugh Hopkins, which means that we are focusing on the WNBA. We've had a good run of shows so far. Uh, we started with Isabel Harrison and Carly Samuelson and my good man Josh, Josh Coyne. He helped out and uh, interviewed Brian Agler last week. That was a, a, a really interesting conversation. Brian was at the gym and they had a sort of chat well, off at the side of the court. Um, so it was really interesting hearing a head coach's perspective and we've got another one coming up for you soon with another head coach. So I'm not going to spoil just yet. But this week we do have Imani McGee-Stafford. Uh, Imani, she is a centre for the Atlanta Dream and she's actually the sister of Javal McGee who of course plays in the, in the NBA as well. So we get a good conversation. Um, she's actually at a camp at the moment, uh, at a kids' camp. So she's got kids running around her. So I apologize for the uh, <laughs> interference from kids screaming in the background for the first few minutes of the pod. But after that, we get into a, a good discussion um, across a lot of different topics, not just for the Atlanta Dream, but also her career going over to China um, and being cut for the first time in her career which uh, she found particularly difficult but we talk a little bit also about mental health and also about uh, the upcoming collective bargaining uh, agreement between the WNBA players and the league. It's a good 20 minute conversation where we jump over a a couple of different areas and we're going to get straight to it. I love this accent. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get over it. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. You're probably not used to British accents all that much then, are you? Have you been over here before? I have never. Well, I've been to the airport. Uh, so thanks for thanks for arranging to talk to me. Uh, I know you've got a busy schedule at the moment, especially with the with training camp kicking off. Is has that already started, or is it starting next week, or what? Uh, it starts on Sunday. I've been, you know, following what you've been doing, sort of in the off season, going through China and stuff last year, and that being a bit of a disappointment. But you must be pretty hyped to to get back on a u.s professional court um yes of course i am i'm super excited about it it's just nice to be back in organized basketball with my teammates so it's just exciting you know you're playing with the atlanta dream last year and the team had a pretty incredible run you were second best record in the league and made it to the final four teams and you possibly could have gotten further, but you know your second leading scorer angel uh she went down at the start of the playoffs how how gutting was that situation for the team? Seeing anybody get hurt is always just terrible. And then when it's your leading scorer, that obviously just makes it hurt a little bit more. Um, luckily for us, we had a very balanced team. So we were able to still keep it kind of going. And we really wish we had her so we could have made that championship run. Because, you know, you just all you can play, replay is the what-ifs and the what-ifs if you would have had your full roster, right? Yeah, yeah. A few months ago, uh, it seems like Angel wasn't making any guarantees, but she was hoping to be back at the start of the season. Have you seen her yet? Have you caught up with her? What's the latest? I'm actually at her camp right now, which is why you hear little screaming children in the background. <laughs> so her and Asia Dirt had a skills camp today, and I stopped by to say hello and speak to the kids, apparently. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and how's she looking out there? Uh, she's on schedule, you know, just getting ready and taking her time with it. Injuries hit a little different after thirty. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so do do you think she's expecting to be back for the start of the season at the moment, or? Uh, no, she won't be back for the start of the season. But the team also had like you know Tiffany Hayes. She's turned into one of the best players in the league, um, and. You know, I think, like, with all the weapons that other teams are adding, like, you know, if you look at LA, they've got Candice, Necker, and Sinead, and whoever else might, you know, might join that team in the future, maybe. Um, You know, you've got a lot of teams over there vying for MVP on the same team, and then you've got Brianna Stewart out this season, and Diana Taurasi out. Yeah, which is another thing that just hurt. Like, all of these top elite players are sort of injured or take you know Maya Moore's taking a sabbatical so what I mean do you do you rate Tiffany's chances of being like an MVP or even Angel's chances of being MVP if she gets back early enough Angel won't be an MVP just because she won't you can't be MVP with half a season it's just not possible um just the way the media works Tiffany it should be it's a good time like hopefully she this is wide open like you were saying so It'll be exciting for her to have the opportunity and see what we can do. But all of that depends on how good we are as a unit, you know? No one cares about you being the best player on a terrible team. <laughs> no, but, you know, if you guys pick up where you left off last year, I think, you know, you, you're going to be in a in a decent state. What what do you make of Atlanta's chances this year? Um, I think we only want to build, right? We've tasted it, so it's only up from here. Uh, we have to continue to do the same and just continue... To at least make it to the semifinals, that's our goal. You've got one of the best coaches in the league, and in my opinion, to to be able to take you there. That you know, Nikki Collin came on. Was it last year or the year before that she? Yeah, last year. So, you know, she managed to unlock a, a bunch of different things for the team last season. Um, you know, especially with Angel going down late and. You know, it's it felt like the team came together well as a unit. What what is it about Nikki that managed to, you know, take the team to that next level? Do you think? Um, I think she's just a great mind. Like her, she's her defensive principles, her defensive schemes are unmatched. Um, she's super brilliant in that regard. Um, and I think she's a joy to be around. And it's nice to have that kind of camaraderie within the team and the coaching staff is included in that. Following some of your videos and comments, you know, uh, over the over the year and on your personal YouTube page, which actually I think is one of the cooler YouTube vlog accounts. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> give actually real insight rather than it just being a, you know, rather than it just being a marketing account, you know. But I, I really enjoyed that. But it, it felt like, you know, at times you sort of felt a bit frustrated with your role in the in the system. And, you know, understandably, you're 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 you're, you're a solid defensive player. But, it, it, you know, how did how did Nikki and the coaching staff sort of help you overcome that throughout the season? Um, I'm, you're, I think as a player, you're always frustrated when you're not the go to player. <laughs> That's just like the ego of us all. Um. But I think they did a very good job of making sure, even though I was only playing 10 minutes, that I was involved and I felt like I, I was necessary in a part of the team. So, obviously, this season, I hope that's not the same reality for me. But I can only prove my worth and hope that they see it as well. Well, I mean, it, it will be interesting because the team, I think, did it trade away its uh, its its first draft pick this year? 
um in the in the draft and i mean you have got players coming in you know you got you got marie gulick who's you know uh, similar to you in some ways you know she's a big player who can block shots and had a solid post game but i think if you two can get on the get some playing time together i think that's going to be a scary defensive lineup for pretty much any team uh i would have the guy before but yeah (laughs) (laughs) it'd be an interesting combination Let's take a quick break uh, to talk about our friends at nbastore.eu. As the Europe's official NBA online store, it has everything you need to support your favourite team, from flags to socks to on-court gear. And our listeners, Double Clutch listeners, they get 15% off any order using the code DCPOD15. That's DCPOD15 at checkout. That offer there excludes clearance and outlet items, but still, what are you waiting for? They're all the freshest gear, all 15% off. So make sure you head to nbastore.eu and use DCPod15 now. It couldn't be simpler. But now back to my conversation with Amani McGee Stafford. In some of your videos, you've been quite personal and and go, going deep on certain things. The the WNBA this year is is twenty three years old, I think it is, and you're part you're part of a generation now that's sort of like a first generation that had, you know, mothers who might have been in the league, um, and and fathers who might have played in the NBA. Do you, do you remember much about your mother Pamela playing, you know, in Sacramento and Los Angeles in the late nineties? Um, I really only remember. The I don't remember the games at all, but I remember just like the other stuff, like being in Jet Magazine with my mom, like being around, like growing up with Lisa Leslie as a family friend, you know what I mean? Like Tina Thompson as a family friend, like all these crazy history basketball players have been in my backyard my entire life, you know, like Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper, all these people have watched me grow up and have kind of been at my disposal my whole life. So like I just left a gym with Kim Hampton who's telling me stories about when I was a kid and her, her playing with my mom and stuff like that. So I've always kind of had that luxury of knowing these amazing Hall of Fame basketball players as family, just knowing that there's a professional league. Like me and my brother asked my mom in an interview one time, like, why did she play basketball? Because she was the first year that they had college scholarships for basketball. Like she was title nine. So we were like, what were you playing basketball for? Like, you didn't know that you can get a scholarship. You didn't know that you could play in college and then probably be playing the pros. Like, none of this stuff existed for you. You didn't have the internet. Like, so what was the reason of you doing it, right? And, like, we realized that, like, we both grew up with professional leagues. Like, I grew up knowing that there was a WNBA at some point or that I can go overseas. And, like, the people that started this just did it off the faith. Like, they did it off the love of the game. It's, it's, it is pretty incredible how, how far it's come. And, like, you do see... I mean, it's more it's more prevalent in in the men's game because, the, the you know, the NBA is, has just been around longer than the WNBA, so you have had multiple generations. But you do see it with players like, you know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, uh, you know, who, who have had fathers in the league and they have been able to sort of, I guess make an easier transition into into the professional league um do you think do you think that's helped you at all because i know i i can only imagine 
actually I don't know I'm not I don't know why I'm saying I know because I know nothing about playing professionally but I can only imagine that actually playing professionally on times can you know it can be quite lonely and stuff and especially for women who you know play much more of their time internationally you know so did your mother having that grounding and you know you're from a family of athletes now you know did did you having that understanding help your transition into the league and into playing overseas? Definitely. I think, um, I think just being able to ask questions, like I said, like I have Hall of Famers that I could grew up with and like could touch, right, growing up. And so I think like when I was getting drafted, I was asking Tina Thompson, Fran Harris, Lisa Leslie, all these questions about agents and what to do and how to do it. And I was just thinking like, what do normal people do? <laughs> Like, I'm like, I have all these people at my disposal and I, I get to use them and, and figure these things out. But normal people just kind of Google it, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it definitely is a difference. And just being able to understand the mindset and the work ethic needed because I have people that have been in, been in my exact shoes, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's especially those, a lot of those names you're listing off, you know, they are they are legends of the game and so it that's still something for you to aspire to like you were saying earlier you know you only played 10 minutes per game last year you know so you were you were more of a role player which is a bit different for you but you know it also knowing how those other women got to the level that they got to you know that sort of help helps you reach that next level yeah and i mean it's it kind of sucks having my mother as a mother just because she's been amazing her entire life. Uh, like, my mom has literally never been bad. So she's not the best when it comes to giving you pep talks. She's like, I can't relate. <laughs> but on the flip side, my brother is the exact opposite, right? Like, he's kind of gone through a re- rejuvenation in his career in terms of going from lottery pig, playing 30 minutes, whatever, on a terrible team to being a role player on a championship team. And now finally getting his chance to be a starter and get kind of the just do that he deserves with the Lakers. But he's kind of had that roller coaster of a career where he's kind of touched every portion of what it is to be a pro athlete and what your career looks like. I've been able to kind of ask him in terms of navigating this process. Yeah, it. it I mean, yeah, his, his career as well has, has been fascinating. Like you said, it, you know, you've uh, it's gone from the yeah being a, a a big player on a terrible team to being a slightly smaller cog on a you know on, on a, an incredible team and now he's sort of you know finding that I guess third act as part of his career um did, it must have been like a quite a competitive household growing up between you two uh, you know have you got any stories of you and him playing like one-on-one with you with your mum sort of cheering you both on or something <laughs> my mom used to play my brother I never I'm too young to have had my mother when she had good knees um because we're seven years we're seven years apart so my mom used to play my brother but by the time I was able to play basketball she was like retired (laughs) but me and my brother and my cousins used to always be in the yard playing basketball and it got super heated and I used to be able to say I was the best kid until recently then he started winning championships, so now, like, he's undoubtedly the best kid. But before that, I was the better kid. 
I mean, you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen this year. How how do you how do you feel about Atlanta's chances this season going into you know going into it because you know you have come off a very a very good year, but you've you know you've got a great opportunity I think to really to to really take it to the next level, especially if you can get Angel back sooner rather than later. Honestly, I feel great, uh, especially just with like the the teams changing, people being injured, people being out. Like it's very wide open. Um, so it, it's unfortunate to say that people being injured or taking sabbaticals is an opportunity, but that's really what it is. Like it's a professional league, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, I I wanted to briefly ask you about your time working abroad. I mean, I know you struggled this year in china but are there any thin are there any elements of playing over there that you you were able to bring back um and sort of say okay this was a this helped me over there and it's going to help me even more in the in the american league um i love china uh i love playing there i love the food i love the culture all of it um i just didn't work out this season but i think one thing that the overseas basketball gives you is just where is is just the um, the ability to have confidence in yourself because the hard part about being a pro athlete, um, especially when you're a role player, is is keeping your confidence high and knowing that you're capable of more, even if that's not the role you have on this team. And when you go overseas, you're like Jesus, like you're everything. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh- I was speaking to Isabel Harrison a few weeks ago and, and she was saying she did a, a stint in China and how how, how the, there's a much greater focus on sort of fitness over there in the sense that you're, you're just constantly running and constantly wor- working out even before you get into like gameplay situations. They're running you into the ground. Like, did, is, that, is that the same experience for you? I felt like my knees rolled, but, you know, I guess you could say I was in better shape too. <laughs> So, so I guess you, you know, we're going to see you with a lot more ice packs on your knees after games this year, then. <laughs> Hopefully not, but if I, you do, you know why. Cool. Well, I, I don't want to keep you from the camp for too much longer, but there, there's one thing I, I've been, uh, we've done a couple of these WNBA podcasts now, and there's one thing I've been asking a few of the different players and coaches that we've been talking to, and and it's about the the CBA at the end of this year. Um, I, I just want to sort of try and get a pulse between players and coaches and other people, what how how they're feeling about it. Um, because I feel like it's going to be a, an undercurrent to the season. It's never going to be the main storyline. But you know, we recently saw the NBA PR Twitter account sort of um, disputing how much WNBA players were getting paid. They weren't disputing how much they we were getting paid. They were changing the conversation because compensation includes benefits, which includes our housing, which includes our health care, which includes bonuses for players that make MVP or make the playoffs, whatever. As a that that's a, a sum of all of those things. That's what compensation is. Salary is strictly the money you are paid for your services. We have consistently been talking about salary. So the NBA PR tweet was to change the conversation. Right. And uh, so how do, how do you feel about them adjusting that angle then and, and taking this 
this route because it certainly feels like they're trying to you know establish a bit more or at least have their say more in the conversation i think that that's their job you know like it's it's a, that's their job their job is to do what they're doing and our job is to negotiate for what we want and that's what happens in these things and uh, i you know i'm not sure how how involved you you are in the in the you know players association but is there is there anything that you've discussed with with anyone else that you you know you you certain things you might not be, want to tell me or you you know be be able to tell me but i I used to be a player rep, and I once I trade got traded to Atlanta, I was no longer the player rep. And while I could be involved if I really wanted to, a lot of work being a player rep, so I was fine with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But are there are there any things that you would like to see on the table um, going into the discussions? You know, are there any areas that you think need to be the main focus? Um, I, I think that. Uh, our union, our union, and our union rep and our president Neka Gumake is doing a great job at making sure that everything that we need touched is being touched, and continually check, checking in with us about things that we want to add and things we want to talk about. So I stay in my lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's cool. I appreciate that. And I guess just more generally, you know, how how do you think you personally and the other players in the league are going are going to be able to avoid? Because I imagine, like I said earlier, it's going to be a sort of undercurrent storyline throughout the year. How do you feel you're going to avoid the distraction of getting caught, you know, drawn into those conversations like I'm trying to do to you now? (laughs) (laughs) I think that we're, um, I think we just leave it to the people that have have the platform to talk about that. And I think also during the season, hopefully our games are far more exciting than this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fair enough I'm, I'm pretty sure they will be um you know we're we're doing our fish here of trying to trying to grow the league over on the, on this side of the atlantic because i mean personally for me you know it's one of the more exciting leagues in the world and uh yeah i, I can't wait to get started so i imagine i imagine most of you most of you guys most of you players you know you're going to be feeling the same um yeah i'm excited and i think every time you get to play in this league it's a, not only a privilege but a blessing so we all kind of hold that that feeling, and we still gotta make teams. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the I guess the one of the hardest parts is coming up in the next two or three weeks, right? Where, uh, you know, where people are making selections and things like that, and yeah, it's 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 gonna be exciting. We'll we'll be following along, and um, you know, we really appreciate you sort of you know taking out. Uh, 20, 20 minutes just to just to chat to us on you know over the other side of the world it feels like sometimes but um yeah really appreciate your time Imani thank you very much thank you have a great day so again big thank you to Imani McGee Stafford uh, it was great chatting to her and you know make sure you're paying attention to her this season because she may have only got around 10 minutes last year per game but I'm seeing that's gonna increase this coming season and the the dream I reckon they're out to make cause some damage in the league this year if you could also uh, make sure that you get on to all of the pod players or so the podcast player that you're listening to right now Make sure you go ahead and give us five stars and, you know, share it around, tweet at us. Uh, We're always up for a good WNBA conversation. 
And of course, make sure that you do head over to mbastore.eu and use DCPod15 at the checkout to get any additional 15% discount off any of your orders. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you again next time.